your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin with you on this beautiful Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. Uh, We are coming to you today, of course, on the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. We are there, iPhone, Android, smart speaker, headphones, wherever you are, we are there with you. So we appreciate you tuning in with us. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, so today we're going to be getting into the current roster makeup of the Coyotes because as we reported yesterday, Coyotes winger Christian Fisher did sign his RFA deal a little bit uh, more than his qualifying offer, which would have been $874,125. I told you as of yesterday, there was really no kind of confirmation on that. Well, we do have confirmation on it now. It is a two-year, $1 million deal. So we did tell you yesterday it was likely a two-year deal. We weren't quite sure on the term as of yesterday, if you'll remember uh, the episode yesterday, but it is two years uh, for $1 million per season. So Christian Fisher added to the, the roster, so to speak. It's a one-way deal, so we can assume he's probably going to be on the team, although he's got some competition there, and we kind of touched on that yesterday. But we're going to be going into detail a little bit more on it today because I think when you look at these Coyotes, you look at some other teams, right? Like look at the Colorados of the world and some other teams. You might call them top-heavy, right? You might say, oh, well, you know, they have all this you know, high-end talent at the top and then not a whole lot of depth. And, you know, that's a common term you see thrown around uh, when talking about NHL teams. So they're top-heavy, they're top-heavy, right? These Coyotes, they're bottom-heavy, right? Like, they're so bottom-heavy, you know? Their, their bottom six is pretty good, you know? And we'll kind of break down sort of where everybody slots in. But you look at their depth, you look at their role players, their bottom six is pretty good. Their top six, though is not so good. And that's sort of interesting. doesn't really follow what a lot of NHL teams have. You don't really see a whole lot of teams that are built like this. And just how much are the Coyotes going to be able to add before the season starts? Right now, only about $2.5 million in uh, net cap space uh, when you factor in Marion Hosa going to LTIR and you know the the new deals Johan Larson, John Hayden, Dryden Hunt, Tyler Pitlick, Christian Fisher, etc. So when you look at all those, the Coyotes have about two point five million dollars in cap space. Are they going to shed more salary? Are they going to spend that two point five million and and you know try to add some high end talent here? I mean that obviously remains to be seen. But we're kind of kind of break down how this roster looks right now and just how bottom heavy it is. And I think when you look at Christian Fisher, we went into it yesterday, right? We're looking at a guy who's probably going to slot in as your fourth line right winger because we look at a guy like Tyler Pitlick. I think he uh, he's probably a guy who can slot into your third line right wing, right? I think he's a little bit better than Christian Fisher. Uh, so I, I like Tyler Pitlick as your third line right wing. Maybe Chris, uh, Christian Fisher is your fourth line right wing. And then the rest of your bottom six. We're not really sure how the center situation is going to you know shake out for the Coyotes. Right now, the Coyotes have, I would say, five true centers. Six if you include John Hayden. But of course, John Hayden can uh, slide over to the wing as well. Uh, so if you look at it that way, they could have five or six centers. I think, and I'm not sure if Rick Tockett is going to go this route, but the route that I would go here is 
Christian Dvorak would be my number one center as things currently stand right now. Uh, as a top line, I would look at Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, and Phil Kessel. Now, that's not a very good first line, but I honestly think it's probably the best first line that these Coyotes can put together. For a second line, I would actually have Baron Hayton as my center, and I'll explain that because I would have Lawson Krause on my left wing, so Lawson Krause is a guy I think that could protect Barrett Hayton a little bit, and then I would have Nick Schmaltz as my second line right wing, and the reason I'm putting Schmaltz and Hayton together is because Nick Schmaltz can take some of the center burden away from Barrett Hayton as he sort of learns the position at the NHL level, right? You can have Nick Schmaltz take some of his strong side faceoffs. You can have Nick Schmaltz lead the rush sometimes and have Hayton slide over. So it's one of those situations where it's going to make things a little bit easier for Barrett Hayton if he has another center on that line. So I really like the pairing of Hayton and Schmaltz there, and I think Lawson Kraus is a really nice complementary piece on that line. So that's your top six. As a second line, that's not great. I think Kraus, Hayton, Schmaltz could be a really good third line, like in a perfect world. Uh, but again, Coyotes are bottom heavy, so that's pretty much the best you can do. Now for a third line, I'm looking at Connor Garland as your third line left winger. We know Connor Garland, of course, he's a right-handed shot, but he can play both wing spots just like Clayton Keller can, a left-hander. So I got Connor Garland as my third line left wing. Derek Stepan is my third line center, and then Tyler Pitlick, as I mentioned before, uh, slotting in as my third line right winger. Now you can switch things around here. You could put Garland on the right side, and and because you know the, and the reason I say that is because your fourth line, I think you either have like Dryden Hunt or John Hayden as your third as your fourth line left wing, and I know John Hayden doesn't really play a whole lot of left wing if memory serves. He mostly plays center and right wing. Uh, Johan Larson would be my. Uh, my fourth line center. I guess you could flop Hayden and, and Larson if you needed to. I know Larson has played left wing before. And then Christian Fisher uh, as your right winger. And then I have Dryden Hunt as your healthy scratch. So that's basically how I have things kind of breaking down there. You could flip-flop things. You could put Hayden on the on the right side instead of Fisher. And then Dryden Hunt is the left wing. You could put Larson on the left, Hayden in the middle. So there's different things you could do here. But, you know, that's basically where I you know, guys are slotting right now. So uh, the best player in your bottom six is Connor Garland, who, you know, could be a top six player. But the reason I have him down there is really just to give the bottom six something because right now they have nothing. Derek Stepan has really uh, disintegrated as, as a player in ways that you would not expect somebody of his age to decline. Uh, and so that's the reason I think Garland needs to be down there is because you need someone with skill because, again, this team just does not have a lot of skill in the top six either. So I think you need to offset that a little bit, but we'll sort of break down the differences between the top six and the bottom six, what the Coyotes might be able to do to add to this group, and also how the defense and goaltenders are shaking out as well. All that right after these words. All right, guys, you heard me talk about Rock Auto at the start, and I'm telling you right now, this is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You got to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I'm telling you, you go to these dealerships, you go to these, you know, these these chain stores, whatever, they're, they're making you spend 30% more, 50% more, sometimes even 100% more for the exact same auto parts, and you have the technology, right? You're listening right now. You're on your you're on your browser. You're on your phone. You're on your smart speaker. You got the technology, right? You can go to rockauto.com, and they offer the same prices for everybody, okay? It's reliably low for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why pay 
uh, more for the same parts that you can just go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You guys know by now that I am using BuiltGo to break through my walls every single day. It's the best workout gel on the market. Easy to take 1.5 ounce packages. You can throw it in that briefcase. You can throw it in the golf bag, whatever you need it for. And three delicious flavors. My favorite, chocolate mint, but there's also chocolate coconut and peanut butter honey, of course. They combine energy gel with collagen protein. That collagen protein, right, it's fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. It's easy on the stomach, so it's better for you than, you know, those five energies, those monster drinks, whatever easy for you it's fast working no crash i'm telling you right now it's got the b3s the honey some caffeine b6 b12 and i'm talking that collagen right that stuff promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better what are you waiting for go to bilko.com use promo code locked and you can get 20 percent off that's two zero percent off your next order use promo code locked Again, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com, let's go. All right, guys, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, and we are here sort of talking roster construction, where things stand now, because Christian Fisher signing that RFA deal, uh, he does get a raise over what his qualifying offer would be. He's going to make $1 million this year and next year, and right now you're looking at him as your fourth-line right winger, and, you know, on... That's not that bad, right? In a vacuum, you're like, oh, if Christian Fisher's my fourth line right wing, yeah, it's, that's not that bad, right? But you go down this roster top to bottom, and it is so clear that these guys are so bottom-heavy. They're so bottom-heavy. There is just no such – a, such a dearth of elite talent on this team. Uh, and look, they could prove me wrong because Clayton Keller could turn into an absolute stud. Phil Kessel might, you know – you know, re-energize himself, you know, Nick Schmaltz could, could like, you know, look, there's potential here, but in all likelihood, this team is just really lacking top end talent. And they are bottom heavy because you look at the players they have on the bottom six and there's a, that's a pretty good bottom six. If Derek Stepan like is your third line center and I'm not sure he will be, they might, you know, have him up. This is just my idea to, have Barrett Hayton and Nick Schmaltz kind of combined to be your second line center. I That just, to me, makes sense. I don't know if that's what Rick Tockett is going to do. Perhaps if we get him on the pod at some point, we can ask him that. Um, but I think Derek Stepan, in his current state, because he has really uh, declined, would be a really good third line center. I think at his age, his, uh, you know, I mean, at 6.5 million, that's a lot to pay for a third line center. But still, I think that's pretty good. Connor Garland, Derek Stepan, and Tyler Pillick, that's a really good third line. Like, that's a good third line. That's that's good. I think any team having that as your third line, like, that's pretty good. I mean, maybe you could upgrade Pitlick. I think Pitlick is probably best suited as a fourth line right wing, but it's not that bad. Um, and then you're looking at your fourth line, and you have a couple of different players to choose from. Dryden Hunt, John Hayden, Johan Larson, and Christian Fisher is like, you know, your four pieces that can make up a fourth line. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good grinder line. You know John Hayden and Dryden Hunt can mix it up. Johan Larson's a pretty steady two-way player. And Christian Fisher's still a young physical presence with a lot to prove and, and a lot to learn and a lot of room to grow. So the point being here, your bottom six is looking good. You got some cactuses, as Bill Armstrong likes to say. You got some uh, you know, some players who, who like to play north to south, as Rick Tockett likes to say. So they're sticky, they're prickly, whatever. You know, that those these are the terms that, that the current brass likes to use. But you got those guys, and that's great. And and I think did was this team missing that last year? Of course. But now they don't have Taylor Hall and 
even with Taylor Hall, they were still missing top-end talent. And that's still the case here. That's still the case here. I mean, I, I will grant you, though, your, your D is looking pretty good because you still have Oliver ekman Larson on your team. Of course, he's a player who could, uh, you know, rediscover himself, you know, definitely still at the age where he could get back to his uh, his vintage form. Jacob Chikrin is a player who, yeah, I know he regressed a little bit about halfway through last year, but before that was looking extremely improved. Jordan Osterley, a guy who showed you so much in the playoffs, really high hopes for him. And then you got three veterans on the right side in Demers, Jalmerson, and Goligoski. Are they the best players in the world? No, but they're veterans. They know what to do. And then, of course, goaltending, you have Kemper and Rata and Aiden Hill as of right now. You could probably, you know, bury Aiden Hill's contract in the AHL unless you end up trading one of those two guys. But, you know, your D and your, and your goaltending, you know, the point is they're looking pretty good. It's really just what is going to what, – what are you going to get out of this forward group? And that's the question we're going to be uh, asking ourselves right after this. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you enjoyed those words from the Locked On Podcast Network. I kind of told you guys yesterday some of the different shows I've been listening to. I mean, that's that's a really cool thing about the Locked On Podcast Network, right? And, and this isn't even an ad read. Like, I'm not even reading you guys an advertisement. I'm just telling you how cool, you know, the Locked On Podcast Network is. And, and if you've enjoyed Locked On Coyotes, I know if you guys are fans of other teams as well, uh, you can definitely find some just incredible content all across the network. Just really good national shows, college shows, you know, MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, like whatever. There is so much cool stuff here. So I definitely recommend you go and checking it out. I'm definitely... Uh, looking forward to following along with Locked On MLB as the World Series gets underway. Rays and uh, I almost forgot who <laughs> Rays and Rays and Dodgers. My God, uh, but yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, they just got great stuff over there. So I definitely highly recommend you go out and explore that. But right back to the Coyotes world over here. And you know, before the last break, we sort of talked about how this D group and, and this goaltending group is still pretty strong. I mean. Could you improve on, on the right side of the D? Could you improve over Demers, uh, Yalmerson, and Goligoski? Of course. But you got guys in the in the pipeline. Like you have Victor Soderstrom coming up. Still think Jordan Gross could be a serviceable NHLer if given the opportunity. And of course, you got Kyle Capo Bianco on the left side waiting in the wings if you do end up trading from this veteran core. And if maybe if you can't trade these guys before the start of the season, you end up trading them. Uh, you know, at the deadline, if you're not competing. And I think the same can be said about guys like maybe Derek Stepan in the forward group. But as far as this forward group goes, if you're Bill Armstrong and you're the Coyotes, what are you expecting to get out of this group? Like, what are you really expecting to get? Because we are talking about how bottom heavy they are. They're not top heavy. They're bottom heavy. They don't have a whole lot of stuff here on, on the you know top two lines. And even if you were to put Garland and Stepan, like, into the top six, which, you know, I have them on the outside of the bottom six right now, just in my own personal, uh, you know, lineup construction for what I feel like would yield you the best results. And look, I'm not a, you know, I don't know, like, you know, I don't have the information that the team has, right? So maybe they're going to come up with something better than me, but this is just in my head what makes the most sense. And I explained how I like having Barrett Hayton and Nick Schmaltz on the same line because I think it takes some of the pressure off of Barrett Hayton from the center position. You can essentially have two centers on the same team. We know Nick is comfortable playing the right side as well. Uh, I think those two guys are going to work really well together. And I like Lawson Krause to sort of offset. Like, I, I love Connor Garland. Like, who doesn't love Connor Garland? But is Connor Garland the best fit alongside Hayton and Schmaltz, right? Like, doesn't Kraus sort of feel like he fills that role a little bit more? He's going to make things a little bit easier for everybody. And maybe Garland can play on that top line instead of Kessel. I know Keller, Dvorak, Garland. But it's like, even if you move these guys around, they're still so bottom heavy. Like, Connor Garland's a good player, but he's not a top line player. 
Like he just, I mean, look, he's a goal scorer. That's great. But he's a, he's a middle six guy. He just is. And that's where I have him. I have him as a third line left winger, uh, you know, Derek Stepan and Tyler Pitlick. And that's a really good third line. And maybe Stepan is, is going to be your second line center. I think more likely than not, he is, but that's still like, here's the thing. If Stepan is in your bottom six, that's good. If Stepan is in your top six, that's a problem. That's that's right. Like that's, that's where he is as a player. And that's kind of the, the, the nexus of, of this exercise, right? So you're looking at this top six, Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, you know, Phil Kessel, Kraus, Hayton, Schmaltz. That, that's just not going to get you anywhere. And, and all due respect to these players, but like, that's just not good enough. And you're looking at teams like Colorado, you're looking at teams even like Dallas and, and Vegas and, and the, you know, the, the Colorados and the teams that are really the, the big, uh, the, the big teams to watch in the West. And I'm sorry, like that's just not going to get it done, especially give when you consider their production last year, Phil Kessel was a huge huge disappointment for this team last year and I understand he played injured for most of the year but it's my understanding he wasn't injured the entire year and even the times where he was injured uh he was definitely not producing to where he should have been Clayton Keller again another another down year for Clayton Keller I thought he was just fine in the playoffs which was a step up from the oh my god like what are you doing out there reaction that you had uh, with him in the regular season uh, but still, I think I think there was a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, didn't see what I needed to see out of these guys. Christian Dvorak was fine. I thought he was a, just a steady presence, and at four point four five million, that's all. Like he he played to his price tag, and that's something you can't say for a lot of the players on this roster. Some of the defensemen included, right? So uh, there were not many players who played up to their price tag last year. I think the only ones that that really did pl- play up to their price tag last year, honestly, uh, for players that are signed to you know you know, like significant deals. I'm not counting the entry level deals, but the players who played up to their, their price tag last year, I would say Christian Dvorak, Lawson Kraus, Connor Garland did obviously, but he's, uh, you know, signed to a pretty cheap deal. And then Darcy Kemper, like those are the only player. And, and I guess Jordan Osterley too. Like those are the, really the only guys that actually played up to their, their worth, so to speak, right? Like their worth in terms of their contract, like monetary worth. So, that's just not that's just not good enough. That's just not good enough. You need your big paid players. You need Clayton Keller to play like he's a 7.15 million dollar player. You need Nick Smalls to play like he's a 5.85 million dollar player. You need Phil Kessel to play like he's a 6.8 million dollar player and you need Derek Stepan to play like he's a 6.5 million dollar player and you definitely need Oliver Ekman Larson to play like he's an 8.25 million dollar player. Like these are huge contracts and these players need to start producing. Like why else are you signed? to these huge deals if you can't back it up and it's baffling and and I really feel like it's it's going to wear on and I'm talking to you Coyotes fans it's going to wear on you real quick and I'm sure it already is wearing on you pretty fast that the players that you're paying the most money to are the biggest you know sort of uh weights on your team like they're just kind of ankle weights weighing you down right now because you're looking at your entry level players you're you you know you you love the Connor Garland's the Lawson Krauses the you know the Barrett Haytons like these are the guys that have you excited but those aren't your like you've already invested your future in Clayton Keller and uh and Nick Schmaltz and Oliver Ekman Larson and those are the guys that aren't doing anything for you that's gonna wear on you real quick you still have eight more years to Clayton Keller, seven more years of Oliver Ekman Larson, six more years of Nick Schmaltz. Who I, I get it. He was your point leader last year, but come on, he could have been a lot better. Let's be real. So these are the guys you've invested your future in. 
Uh, Jacob Chikrin as well. I thought Jacob Chikrin came pretty close to uh, pro- like you know playing up to his price tag last year, but just wasn't quite consistent enough that that he needed to be. But certainly the first half he was great, and I think he Jacob Chikrin that four point six million dollar AAV for the next five years could end up being a bargain if he could really figure out how to play consistently. And I think he will. He's still a young player, but. Um, yeah, that's all the time we have here today on Locked On Coyotes. Of course, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be right back uh, tomorrow uh, breaking down more of this roster and bringing you our daily deliverance of Arizona Coyotes content. So thanks so much for tuning in. As always, guys, until then, we'll see you.